in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Ted Sokol, and joined by my co-host and fellow Asgardian warrior, Chris Dewar. Today's episode, we're reviewing Thor, Love and Thunder. This is the fourth iteration into the Thor series. This is uh, in the MCU, uh, based on the character of the comics Thor, produced by Marvel Studios and directed once again by Taika Waititi. Uh, very excited about this film because, again, I think we we agreed and the masses agreed. Thor was a, a character that wasn't, the first two films wasn't um, such a huge success. And after, you know, Avengers films and whatnot, Taika Waititi came in and he kind of reinvigorated the series with his own style with Ragnarok. And we were like, yes. And we were excited that we were going to get another Thor, but also that Taika and Hemsworth were back again. This one was very exciting because we were going to have a little bit of a change with it uh, in terms of bringing back some characters and adding more to the mythology. So, uh, b- warning though, this will be spoiler filled. Spoiler warning. So, that's your warning. Uh, Chris, give us a brief synopsis of Thor: Love and Thunder. So, we have this new character, Gore the God Butcher, who has felt that he has been wronged by his own god. His daughter has died. They're on this like desolate wasteland of a planet. And, you know, they've always believed in the gods. And he is possessed somewhat or taken over by this entity with this necro sword, kills the god, and he vows to kill all gods. Uh, that's going to be his mission. And meanwhile, Thor, you know, he's got his team of Korg and Valkyrie. Well, his old girlfriend, Jane Foster, shows up and she is now the mighty Thor and has the use of Mjolnir. So this is kind of an interesting, like we're bringing in kind of one storyline with the new character, new villain. And then we bring him back an old flame who now has a whole thing going on. And yeah, I will say, you know, Thor has always been like, I really love that first Thor film. I think it's so Shakespearean, Uh, obviously Thor and Loki with their father, Odin. And then how that evolved into Ragnarok when they brought in Hela and, you know, obviously with the mother, there's always been these this very grandiose storyline with Thor. But I think Marvel's done a good job of how do you make it still fit in the realm of humans? Where you have these gods beings that live thousands of years. How do you make them humanized? Exactly. And I think that, you know, obviously the storyline of Jane Foster is a big part of like why Thor of all the Asgardians and people, you know, in the galaxies that he knows, he falls in love with this human. But then also, I think Taika did bring a sense of uh, a great humor to Thor that there was always a little bit of, you know, there's always been humor in the Marvel movies. Taika brought a really good sense of goofiness that was needed for the character, and it did reinvent the character. And then moving in, but then you got to think, the way Ragnarok ends and then moving into Infinity War and Endgame, Thor goes through so much loss very quickly. So by the end, you know, in Endgame, he's a broken man. He is just a broken man, doesn't want to fight. And I liked how how Endgame, you know, once he kind of comes to and becomes a hero again, um, he's still big at that point, still heavy. Uh, but he goes off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's where we left off with Endgame, is that he he's going to become the Asgardians of the Galaxy. And having this really hilarious kind of humorous 
battle of who's really the leader here with our Chris Pratt role of Star-Lord, which is just hilarious. So the film, yeah, I mean, it starts off, we have Christian Bale here, I mean, as God, Gore the God Butcher. Fantastic to get him in this film. You know, it was a long time that after he did Batman, he said he was never going to do a comic book series, you know, movie again. I guess because of his children, who are big fans of the MCU and other comic book movies, that he he was a little more game to do it. And then seeing he he just quote saying Taika Waititi's style, and he saw Jojo Rabbit, he really loved that. So he, and and he was like, I'm on board. And thank goodness, because he is so good in this movie. He is just creepy. I loved how much they give him this great power. He looks, yes, he's kind of Voldemort-like, but I don't, really, I don't really go that whole route. I think just because he's white and bold, it's like, whatever. The sharp teeth, the glowy eyes, the way he can kind of morph into shadow and just like disappear. A lot of cool stuff in this. But uh, you can't get any more Taika Waititi than the beginning of this film when it comes to we're on this alien planet and we see that Thor has become a very, he's almost like a pacifist where like, he just, he's very like one with the universe. He's wearing like this funny, like robe situation. Yeah, he, looks like a and he looks like, yeah, he looks like a, like a monk or something. And sitting and he's like this, I mean, some of the imagery in this movie was beautiful the way Taika shot it, but like he only comes in the fray to fight at the very end. So the guardians have been doing their best. This alien race is like, please help us. And I literally laughed so hard in the beginning of this big action sequence i was crying i was laughing so hard they're fighting a race of what looks like chicken aliens like i was cracking up so much yeah they reminded me they remind me of like something out of like uh you know muppets with labyrinth i was like what? he's like well do you remember bird. remember in labyrinth when they're, they're the one scene where it's the they're like firebirds and they have that one song and like their heads can bounce off and stuff yeah yeah that's what they looked like heavily inspired and I mean, some goofy moments for like, you know, Thor comes in. First off, he takes the robe off. He has this great new look. You know, we, we see that he's worked out. He's got his God bod back. He's got this great vest and all the Guns and Roses music in this was just so well done. But at one point, he, I mean, he does like the splits between two of these like motorcycle ships. And I was I was just crying laughing. It was so goofy and dumb. But you see that, OK, there's the gore, the God Butcher and... I will say one thing I wish we we got to see more of the actual God butchering. Yeah. I, I think we didn't really get to see Gore as a menace. He's very creepy. You know, throughout this film, there's a lot of really good fight scenes with him, but I wanted to see more of him just wrecking house and just slaughtering. I mean, we, we didn't, Ragnarok, hell up, man. She just, you see here, like. She came in and, and slaughtered the whole freaking Asgard army. It was yeah, crazy. So, so I think it would have been, have like, especially when we have some characters come back and we'll, we'll go through a lot of these characters, but we get Lady Civ back, although very briefly. And two she, seconds. She, yeah. yeah, two servers. I would have loved to have her kind of come up and have this fight and she ends up with just like, you know, and she, you know, that would have been really great instead of just seeing, oh, I, I almost died. I do love the idea that new Asgard now is like a tourist destination. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's cruise ships that are coming by, which, of course, for you and I, I was I was cracking up thinking, like, this is a port day. Like, yeah. your port day in New Asgard, uh, they got infinity cones and, like, you know, yeah. you could ride a boat and do a tour, all this stuff. And you can see that Valkyrie, King Valkyrie is not, she's not very happy because she's she's used to fighting. She's used to pillaging, she's, she's a fighting, this is not raiding. Her, yeah. And she's like, I don't want to be here, you know, the government, but 
Gore shows up at one point and he does steal a bunch of kids. So it's like, okay, there's obviously this guy around, Gore the God Butcher. He's stealing these kids. And ultimately, his goal is to get to a place called Eternity. Yes. And Eternity is this whole thing where if you you get to make a wish, essentially. So it's one of those like deep Marvel comic situations where like, you know, you must get to the gates of eternity and then you can make a wish. And of course, what's his wish gonna be? Eliminating all gods. Exactly. And so this is, yeah, the quest is like Thor is like. We have to, you know, save these kids. But meanwhile, during the fight, we he hears a familiar sound. And he even sees, he's kind of like, what is that in the distance? I think I've seen. He sees his old hammer, Mjolnir. And it's like, how did that come to be? And then he sees what looks like a female Thor in front of him. And he's like, who are you? And it's like, obviously, we know it's Jane. But him getting to find out that Jane now has the power of Mjolnir. And I think it was kind of fun. I think you and I talked about this. I like that they had like a flashback sequence to kind of show what their dating life was like. You know, we we only had Thor and Thor the Dark World. A lot of Thor the Dark World was not so much of their dating life. But we know that by the point of Ragnarok that they had broken up, you know, through or even through actually really technically Age of Ultron. We're at that party. He's like, oh, yeah, Jane and I... uh, uh, we're not talking right now or kind of, you know, something like that. So it was like, what's going on with them? But Jane has cancer and this is actually pulled from a comic book uh, story. And this is where I think Taika does a really good job because he balances, he balances dark things with humor and levity where he can, but she actually has the power of Thor. And actually was because at one point Thor had said, you know, always protect her and so we see a little bit of magic has been put into the hammer that she can call upon so she becomes the mighty thor and she kicks ass in this movie she looks great yeah but every time she uses becomes thor it actually is not helping her with the cancer it's making her worse which is one of those very standard hero points you know where it's like if you keep doing this it's going to kill you and sometimes it's like well, I have to do what I had to do, you know, to 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 save the day, which I, I love that Thor, Thor, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman getting back in these two roles. It was really nice to see them as like a romantic sense and having to like rekindle that flame, and especially for Thor. This is now a Thor that has gone through so much that he's not really wanting to. He doesn't want to lose her again. You know, he lost the one time and look how much of a wreck he was. You know, she's like, what's it been? Three or four years, uh, eight years, seven months, six days. Like he yeah. knows exactly how long it's been, yeah. um, which I do love that bit of how Thor is, this, you know, mighty God. But he's so wrecked by this one human relationship. Uh, but they realize, oh, maybe one thing that could help us would be if we had a, a stronger weapon. Oh, maybe if we could have some more gods on our side. So we get to go to we get to go to um, Olympus, which this was like. This was very grand, like holy moly! Some of the, some of the landscape in this. This was just huge. And I was it's like, actually, it's actually called Omnipotence City. Oh well, I called it Olympus. Oh. Zeus is there, but this is supposed to be like a huge thing of like this is where gods hang out, and this is where you know, again, we're kind of expanding the mythological lore of the MCU. We've had Thor and Loki and Odin and all of them, but now we're getting more of these gods, and this is where we get Russell Crowe as Zeus who was uh, very, very funny, I will say. This was a great, like, showy entrance for him in this kind of giant arena-looking pit. Yeah, I, I I, also think how great it was to see 
uh, Russell Crowe in this role. I didn't know how this was going to be, but how how humorous and how goofy he, he took it because I feel like he's had for so long such serious roles. So it's fun to see him really do this comedic take. And it for you and I, you know, this this movie had everything about cruise ships. We had uh, port days and uh, Greek officers. Uh, <laughs> so that that whole sequence is really great, and I. And I do love how also, you know, talking about another great character, talk about Valkyrie, I really love her in this in this role, and I love uh, expanding her her kind of character as well as Korg. And I really thought how beautiful they did with the LGBTQ representation of this film. It wasn't, uh, oh, we're doing this to do it. We're, it. It just felt like it's part of the story. It felt like it should be. It felt natural, and it's like this is... You know, love is love, and I, I just really loved that sort of thing. And I also liked a little bit of the, the flirtation between Jane and Valkyrie, and, and Chris is like, yeah, he's like threatened, and this whole kind of humor where, you know, he his, his ex-girlfriend is ex-hammer, and of course Stormbreaker's oh kind of like, this whole, this whole uh, Stormbreaker's I, jealous kind of thing. It was... <laughs> I laughed so hard when, yeah, at one point he's like talking to the hammer, and then just like slowly in the background you see his axe come from doing it, he's like oh, oh hey hey buddy hey and like they did it a few times i didn't think it was overdone i was cracking up because that's just a funny like goofy bit to think that these what really are inanimate objects have like feelings and jealousy um because that's always been a funny bit that he had to make a new hammer slash axe and you know use it uh very very funny but yeah i mean they did do a good you know there's, there's been a lot of people shipping that maybe Valkyrie and Captain Marvel one day will uh, hook up. Uh, I've seen that all over the internet, but um, even like Korg, Korg at one point, he's really like the narrator in this movie telling a lot of the stories and, you know, that super funny Taika accent he does. Uh, but at one point he's like, Oh yeah. Did you know that uh, uh, how my species, you know, makes babies is that two people hold hands over a thing of lava. And after like six months, a little baby's made, um, <laughs> which was just like a funny, like that's, that's how they, how they, uh, you know, Procreate, yeah. and even like, even there, the, like, you know, one of his gods is there chilling. And like, there was, you know, a God of bow, like dumplings, like it was the, the bow, the God of dumplings. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but, um, we did have that great moment in, uh, with Zeus blasting, you know, Hemsworth clothes off. And of course everyone's going crazy because he's in the best shape he's ever been. Good God, the guy really is the Titan. Um, but Zeus is not really willing to help. He's like, look, we're here. We're safe. Gore can't get here. There's no way, you know, Gore needs items to get to eternity. And he's like, if he doesn't have the Bifrost or a way to get there, he's not going to do it. So why should we bother? So Thor sees that he's not going to help. So we have this kind of cool fight scene and it is cool to see Russell Crowe's, you know, Zeus has always had this thunderbolt. You know, if you watch Hercules and all that storyline that, you know, the thunderbolt is very powerful. That's his main weapon. And I did love how we had this moment where it looked like, it looked like Thor killed Zeus with the, the he, he basically, he uh, used a little Yoda magic where like, you know, he sucked it back and then threw it back. Was Or even like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Zuko, you know, taking it in and throwing it back, the lightning. Um, so we thought that Zeus was dead. And they they escaped and they're like, this might mean that in the future multiple gods are gonna come after us. But but um yeah, kind of moving forward to this 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 thing where it's like gore in the necro sword, it's like all darkness, like no color was a very cool creative place to fight. Um I love the fact that the 
that like certain times when like Jane would use her hammer or stuff, uh, like a little bit of color would come through. Just a lot of the color scheme in this movie period. It's very bright, very colorful. The thing about the Necro Sword is I wish we had more lore to Gore, period. Um, you know, we get why he's doing what he's doing. We get what he's after. We have some really cool action scenes for sure. And he has these shadow creatures and all this stuff. But the Necrosword in actual comic lore is from the king of the symbiotes, you know, like Venom. And they decided not to go that route in this, which I think it's like they're still afraid to kind of go with the Venom symbiote situation because they're not sure how they're going to implement that in the MCU because technically it's still its own Sony thing. So they kind of did their own thing here. I just wanted more lore because it felt like by the end of this film, when they finally reached this place that was eternity and, you know, Thor is really beat up because he's like, Jane is so sick now to the point where it's like, you know, I mean, Gore got a good lick on Valkyrie. We thought she almost died and he steals Stormbreaker, right? Um, because he knows that that can actually be used to open eternity. But we have all these kids. And I didn't realize that I guess this is more because of the Zeus Thunderbolt than the actual like what Thor can do. He gives all these kids the power of Thor because they're like worthy. So they're all fighting off these shadow creatures and then Thor goes to fight Gore. And I will say some of the action in this was just really cool to watch. I mean, especially the Necro Sword against like his axe and stuff. Some really cool stuff. And then you have Jane coming back in. But in the end, you know, it's not like a huge fight scene ending. It's more of one of those situations where Jane decides to, to don the mighty Thor one more time, even though she knows it's going to kill her. Her cancer's really taking a, a beating here. And I did like, we had this moment where, you know, in the end, it's 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 like, you know, trying to choose good over evil. And even knowing that Gore, Gore ultimately was, do, he was, you know, kind of, he had his anger about the gods, but his intentions a lot was because he wanted his daughter back. And so in the end, being like, Thor being like, look, you can wish to kill us all if you want, or you can wish to bring her back. And if you do, I'll take care of her. And it was a sweet moment of Thor has to kind of kiss goodbye, Jane, and she, you know, disappears. And there's a lot about talking to you about how, like, you know, if you if you're one of these Asgardian warriors and you are killed during battle, you'll go to Valhalla. It's actually a really funny line where Sif Sif wasn't quite dying. He's like maybe your hands in Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> like she lost her hand. Um, but Jane disappears into like, you know, she turns into gold and disappears. And then Gore does see his daughter and his daughter's like, you know, is magically brought back to life. But Gore, he passes away. And so then it's like the movie ends with like Valkyrie's back being King Valkyrie as, as Gardner's a little bit of a cleanup after Gore's mess. Korg has met a fellow rock dude. Yeah, Dwayne the a, Rock. Very well and they're having, a, they're having a baby. Um, what I really loved, like, it was a really sweet ending of how Thor and this girl whose name is Love, because Love in the end saved them, Love and Thunder. You're like, oh, that's what the title means. It's perfect. They each have, you know, Milnor and the Axe, and they're going to have to help other, you know, other places that need help. And it's a sweet, like, you know, she's like, love you, Uncle Thor. Like, and I love even like, what's great is that's Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter. So that was like, I think they played off really well each other, but like, you know, put on your boots, 
I don't want to put on my boots. Okay, then you're going to get no sympathy from me if you're featured. You know, like it yeah. just it felt like he was going off the school or something. And then to see that they're going into a battle was just great. And she she looks awesome. So I, I'm curious to see where the two of them will go moving forward because now, you know, Thor, after all this loss, now has this new daughter figure. And I like that he's become like a dad now. But then we have some post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we do. the big one was definitely the first one. Zeus is still alive. He's like, this Thor God come to me and I, you know, I fight him. So he, he wants revenge. And then we pan, he's like, you hear me, my son? And we get our Ted Lasso favorite, Brent Goldstein, as Hercules, which, first off, he looked great for all two seconds we saw him. And, you know, ugh. Hercules really pulls to me that they're going to do more with the Greek gods moving forward. And, you know, a lot of rumors that maybe they'll bring in Ares is a big villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think, you know, they're and, you know, Thor will return. So definitely we're going to have at least a Thor five. Um, but at the end, Jane does make it to Valhalla and we see Idris Elba, who uh, I feel like the man's, I feel like he's called every few years, like, can you come play Heimdall for like two seconds? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Which I, I thought that was funny too, how in the movie, uh, one of the main kids is his son and his son is starting to get the sight as well. So Sif is starting to train him and all the, all the kids of Asgard are now being trained by Valkyrie to kind of learn because who knows what new threats can emerge. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Taylor, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It was goofy. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok just when you had Hulk in there and Hela and it was a little more a little more dark at times. I mean, Gore definitely brought out some darkness in this. There's some great villain bits. It is very goofy, but I don't really think any of it was like too over the top of the humor. And I love seeing Jane and Thor back together. It was just fun. It was bright, funny, and I love the some music, of course. Thor having the last two movies now have this like 70s, 80s rock music. The Guns N' Roses music used in this was so well done. So for me, I mean, I'm gonna sit like at it. I'm still gonna have like a like an eight out of ten. I had a good time. I'd go see it again in a heartbeat. And I just think it's it it shows that Thor is still a character people really love. I think there's still a lot of a lot of room for him to, you know, he wants to keep playing this character. And I'm I'm curious to see how much more Chris Tamsworth will get to do with Thor. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Um for all those reasons and more. Like I said, there's a lot of a lot of like naysayers about it, but my one gripe, and I think you and I talked about this, is this is now we're you know really deep into you know phase four of the MCU. Ever since finishing with Endgame, we had told the Infinity Saga, and then Kevin Feige and Marvel said, "Hey, we're gonna you know phase four and all that." So, what's gonna be the next bad guy? Who's gonna be the next villain? And it seems like we're like really deep in there. We have Shang Chi, Eternals. We've had. We have all the shows, we have everything. There doesn't seem to be a clear end game or where it's going to go or, you know, so to speak. Uh, right now, I think when we get to February and we get Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we're going to get Kang the Conqueror, who was teased, of course, at the end of Loki. Um, and so knowing that that character can take multiple forms in the multiverse I think we're going to have a lot more answers with that soon, or even as soon as Black Panther. 
There's also been heavy rumors that another big bad that's going to show up in the next several years will be Doctor Doom, and how we finally get the Fantastic Four. But I agree. Right now, it feels like we've had, we've had, you know, right now with Miss Marvel going on and about to finish, we've had six live action shows, and we've had, you know, I mean, if you don't count Black Widow, you've had yeah, Shang Chi, Eternals, No Way Home, we had. Thor, we had Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We, you know, we've had a lot of properties, and not not really any of them have really heavily connected that that much. Uh, you know, the most has been WandaVision connecting to Doctor Strange, of course. Otherwise, everything else has been kind of its own project. And I think people are a little like, is Phase Four really not really? But you have to kind of go back and look at Phase One for me on this to, to finish up this review. Phase one, minus the post-credit scenes of seeing Nick Fury pop up a few times, were all like individual movies. You know, it was like Iron Man. Iron Man was very successful, so they made Iron Man 2. Captain America, Thor. They all have their own thing. Incredible Hulk had t- technically come out, you know, in that in that same time zone. Then they made the Avengers. At that point, MCU was very, very small. It was building blocks to where it is now. I think right now, phase four, we have to kind of treat it as it's a supersized version of phase one. That, yeah, I agree. That is also the change in the guard. We are getting all new superheroes, all new stories. You know, we've lost Captain America, we've lost Iron Man, Black Widow. We're slowly phasing out the OG superheroes. And also we got to remember with pandemic, it changed everything in terms of not just, you know, our health and safety, but cinema and that, you know, the MCU is no uh, stranger to that and uh, not immune to that, excuse me. So they're getting their bearings back, but with all these shows and stuff, I think we just need to ride the wave and just see where it goes, honestly, because I'm just enjoying it as it comes along. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's the rest. You know, we have She-Hulk coming up. And we're going to have yeah Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Ant-Man 3. There's still a lot of big movies left for Phase 4. Blade is technically supposed to be in, in Phase 4. And I think then once they start to launch and announce the Phase 5 titles, you're going to be like, oh, crap, I get it now. You know, we're going to have Secret Wars is kind of the rumored Avengers thing coming up. It's supposed to be even bigger, crazier than the Infinity Saga. So... A lot to see what's going to go on. I mean, obviously, Thor here did introduce the Greek gods, and we're excited to see Hercules pop up. Uh, but more to come, I'm sure, with this beloved character. So you can continue to go watch Thor Love and Thunder now playing in theaters. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.